Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Horus Heretics. I'm William. I'm Neil. And I feel like when we get to episode 40, I feel like we should have be having big Roman numerals, you know, like WrestleMania style <laughs> across it. Uh, but um, yeah. Is that we- XL? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, uh, so here we are. Deliverance lost that part. History two. knowledge would come in useful somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Neil. So we, the part, the end of part one, the whole of part two, and the whole of part three is what we're covering today. Um, we didn't know there was a part three last time. I mean, to be fair, we didn't even know there was parts at all when we started it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we we sort of struck fucked up the structure a little bit last time, and um, we may not be all over the detail <laughs> in this episode because Will was Will is it, you were you were reading it on a plane flying back from Italy to Scotland. Yeah, I um, had run out of all time with work and stuff, and had to listen to the audiobook on two times speed. So um, it was it was a bit mad but let's see where we go yeah i i didn't read it obviously i read it in an actual physical book but i in the latter stages i was like i was really appreciated the moment where it's like well a spoiler a bit here but it's like a titan appears and then you know like things really start kicking off and you can just sort of zip through the rest of it you know because it's just going to be carnage carnage and carnage before we get started if you don't mind neil um i would like to plug another thing that i've been doing that you know about already, um, because you've kindly donated to it. Uh, or, um, or is it? It's not really a donation, is it? You suppose you're technically getting something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is this is a this is a bad start. Well, Jesus, come on now. <laughs> yeah. The one thing yeah. I was I was saying is like the the thing I'm glad about, and because I am one of the worst self promoting people. Whenever I have stuff like that, I just suck at it. The one thing that has always been important to me is that you have been infinitely worse at it than me. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, over to you, Will. Yeah, um, so just taking an opportunity to uh, plug a Kickstarter campaign I'm involved with. Um, so we're trying to make a historical game. We're trying to make one that's much more closely based on the records, that which are the same kind of records I've been working on in my research at work for the last four years or so part of the idea of this is to make them available in a kind of accessible form or you know some of them I'm not saying it's going to be like you're going to know everything that happened in Aberdeen between 1398 and 1511 if you play this game but um oh. uh <laughs> <laughs> Neil's like googling how do I get a kickstarter <laughs> refund um no yeah and the other thing is like you know, there's a lot of good historical games out there, but I think there's space for a game that has more more direct involvement from from academic historians and and that and and more direct use of the original historical sources uh, within the game. So that's what we're doing. The game's called Strange Sickness. It's about how Aberdeen in the Middle Ages tried to uh, protect itself from the plague. We've got a great um, artist who's just graduated from. A great school of art here in Aberdeen. Uh, she she's already um, you know done some great stuff, and 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 we've got some examples of that on the on the Kickstarter. And um, we've got on board as well Catherine um, Neal, who is a game developer who's been working for many years and has done 
some really cool stuff. Like recently, she's done Astrologaster. That was um, great. That game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and and, and you know, that's part. That's why how she sort of came to my attention for doing historically related games. And um, she's done Into the Alps, which is really good as well. Kind of narrative game. So it's a kind of narrative uh, game we're making, sort of like future adventure. It's on PC so, and Mac, is it? So, so it's not. It's not a sixty FPS. You know, four K. Um, <laughs> Sort of job, you know. I mean, well, maybe, 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 maybe it can be, but I don't think you're going to be worried right about rig. it. I don't, I don't think you're going to be worried about the frame rate on this one. Um, but yeah, it's going to be in PC and Mac. I'm exploring how easy it would be to put it in mobile as well. I'm going to look into that. But uh, yeah, so that's that's one thing I'm doing right now. We, we launched the Kickstarter. Well, this will be coming out on Monday. We launched it on Thursday. Doing better than I expected so far, to be honest. So uh, yeah, if anyone wants to. Check that out. Uh, I would really appreciate it. Um, so the the project's called Strange Sickness. It's on Kickstarter, so you could Google for that. Or um, you could look up uh, the the Twitter uh, handle that I'm using, which is at uh, Medieval ABDN, Medieval Aberdeen. So it doesn't really have much to do with uh, the Horus Heresy, but, you know, well, they're uh, all... Well, I know that's what you like people to believe but i know that i mean we, we've talked about this before and um you were good enough to say that you were going to hide some really good references <laughs> in amongst the aberdonian stuff to the heresy to uh you know brotherhood uh to people being sanguine all of that kind of stuff yeah, and of just... course the odd the odd space marine misting some xenos filth You've got that in there, right? Let's just say that, let's just say there might be some Easter eggs in there for the for the, the horror heretics. <laughs> a little yeah, bit, so, of, like, a little bit of gene, te- a little gene tech lab in the middle of medieval Aberdeen. <laughs> in amongst the the Aberdeen or the yeah the granite cliffs, you just have to knock on it and you get into like a gene tech lab. Um, uh, we we haven't asked for any money or or anything like that from this, so this would be a really good way of supporting the podcast if people went and and threw in some money to this and made sure it became a thing um i know a lot of people can be a little bit uh nervous about getting stuck into kickstarter but the good thing here is that i know will uh i've already uh put money in and i have his phone number and his <laughs> is like his proper home address so he's not gonna uh, scarper with your money because i'll just tell everyone where he lives <laughs> well appreciate that um and, uh, and you yeah. can see you can go onto the Kickstarter page. You can see some of the some of the art is fucking great. I didn't know it was going to look so good. It's all it's all grand. You can even see what Will looks like. You didn't think about that well. I put a picture of myself <laughs> well, on the internet. You fool. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there you go. Uh, so so thanks for that. And now it's stressing me out a bit. I'm like shit. Now like might actually have to make this thing. Um, so <laughs> awesome. Let's get back into the. The depths of terror, as the the the, the star of chapter nine helpfully reminds me. So, if you remember, we were um, the last the end of the last episode. We had come just just short of what would have been a, a sort of satisfying um, endpoint for our podcast, um, in that they had entered into uh, this kind of maze devised by the emperor. And this actually like reminds me a bit of um, that game that you recommended to me that I loved, uh, Control. Um, yeah, 
you know, just with like the, the sort of weird like gravity and stuff like that that was going on in here. There were some bits like that. Like there was all kinds of traps. A lot of it was just your standard mechanical mechanical kind of, you know, swirling blades and stuff like that. Um, but there were a few like gravity reversal areas and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was so good fun. It was good, yeah. And so Corax had to um, kind of oversee the whole operation here. <laughs> And thought of this. He was like, this is like, if you've ever seen the program Nightmare, um, he, he was... <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was watching on the screen and all the other like space brains were the kid with the helmet down over their eyes. <laughs> that he was having to Miss that him. fucking jester cunt. <laughs> Interesting bit Take two steps to your right, missed. <laughs> Interesting bit of trivia now that you should mention that, Neil. The the well uh, the guy who <clears throat> introduced himself as the original jester from Nightmare is from Aberdeen, and I've met him and spoken to him in a pub. So there you go. Is that is that the class of fame that gets people to buy you drinks <laughs> in Aberdeen? <laughs> Just like hey, I'm the here the original jester over here. Yeah, they, they replaced me partway through season one. I was in six episodes, uh, but. I still got the costume in my bag. Do you want me to change? <laughs> Buy me a drink. <laughs> I, I, well, I know the um the the breakdown of who listens to this podcast. Nobody is going to know what I, what nightmare is. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. It, it was it was good. It was like when I was a kid. That was the most exciting thing. I it's like, like a virtual TV. reality kids TV show game thing. It was like one kid kind of, would. <laughs> brilliant um one kid would wonder about like one kid went into the dungeon it was just sort of D. I guess this was inspired by like um you know the first sort of wave of popularity for D. um and it was um you know one kid was going into the dungeon right which was <laughs> which, which they weren't allowed to see because it didn't exist in any physical form it was it was um that was on a green screen, basically, and they were wandering about in a TV studio, and occasionally, and there was actors playing like goblins or jesters or wizards or whatever, and uh, the other kids and on the kids team were sitting in a control room, sort of watching this on the screen, <laughs> and the the center, the, the the gimmick that made the whole thing tick was that the kid in the green screen obviously wasn't able to. The whole thing wouldn't work if he was able to see, he or she was able to see what the fuck was going on around them because it was just a TV studio. So they had a, uh, I, I don't know what the war reasons for this were, but they had to wear an oversized helmet that like went over their eyes. And then the other kids in the control room had to like tell them what was around them and guide them to like go to the table and, you know, pick up the amulet. Pick up the like. bread. Yeah, <laughs> um, you can get uh, you'll be able to see episodes on YouTube. It's it's. Um, I don't know if there was an equivalent thing in like the states or or whatever, but and the, uh, the, the the iconic thing was that it's all it's a, like a time based thing. It's a rush thing, so you've got to get to the end before the time runs out. And I think in there were it changed halfway through its run, I think. But in one of them, there was like a walking human body in the top right hand corner. And bits of flesh oh, yeah. started tearing off as the time went on. And it became like a skeleton and stuff. And then I think it became a skull. And you saw like bits of skin and flesh peeling off the skull. And when it got to the the just the, the bone, yeah, your time was done. It was yeah. really scary. Yeah, <laughs> This that was, was on at about 
at 3 p.m. Uh, every afternoon after school or something. So it was rough. Yeah, I was about to go off on another tangent, but I was like, better get onto this book. Um, Raven Guard. Yeah, Raven Guard. So they get, they, uh, the bottom line is essentially they get through this maze of traps and stuff, not without loss of life, but they do get there. And they pick up the gene tech, which is just like... Well, hold on a second. There was an extremely tedious conversation between Korax, who said, Ah, shit, it's a psychic lock. That means the emperor needs to open the door. A psychic lock. And uh, he, he gets one of, his, one of the people he's brought with him is a former librarian. And he says, uh, Sorry, mate, I know I... Uh, threatened everybody and said <laughs> you, you can't do any more magic well mm, I'd love you to do magic just this one time and then the custodians being like real stick in the muds just like no nah, no nah, we're not having any of that and and then the door opened and everyone and Korax just went that's oh, probably the emperor eh anyway, <laughs> anyway let's stop <laughs> Let's not uh, let's not ask any more questions. No, you, custodians number one, you look like you've got some questions. We're not. At, no, 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 no. Let's just go get stuck in and pick up some of this, some of this gene tech, and that's it. That literally is. That was really good. Was oh, funny. So they go. Yeah, they walk inside, and it's a laboratory, and it's like pristine, super clean. And they, uh, they bring one of the Mechanicum people, or Orlandias, I think his name is, and he just starts like jizzing himself and touching all the machines and just going, oh, it's absolutely perfect machinery. It's beautiful. Oh, God. Um, and that kicks off Korax in yet another one of his remembrances. Um, he sort of remembers back to his original meeting with the Emperor. He talks him through, explains to him what chaos is, um, and that he has brothers and all of that. He also mentions the lost Primarchs, which is a fun little detail, but no, no more explanation on that. Yeah, I really thought we we're going to get like a full book about that. Uh, anyway, so so that, then we we probably get onto part two. Now the the action has moved back to Deliverance. Um, so Korax and the, the Raven Guard have headed back to Deliverance and the Raven Spire, which was a pretty cool place, uh, which was, that was like their original, like where they'd been imprisoned, wasn't it? Yeah, when they were uh, pre-Astartes, they were. And what was great, they, they were trying to like keep the knowledge of this like super secret so that they could just get along with their work without having any kind of fear or anything like that although they didn't know that they had already been infiltrated so it doesn't really matter but what i thought was quite funny was that where where do you take a super secret genetic dna piece of science where do you keep that secret well they, they took it to an irradiated wasteland <laughs> so, <laughs> so these these geniuses were like how do we keep this super um like super clean strain of Primarch DNA straight from the hands of the Emperor. How do we keep it safe and keep it, you know, free from the taint of the warp? And you go, well, I think the, the best way to keep DNA safe is to take it to a nuclear wasteland. <laughs> yeah, so, the, so they're not they're not the brightest sparks. So this is this is like um correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is the place called the Raven Delve they take it to, which is down in Kiavar. 
And so they're thinking it'll be kind of secret there. Because this is like a, it's kind of like an outpost that they like used for like, I don't know, was it like training or they sent out like scouting parties into the, the wastelands or something. I can't really remember what the normal function of this place was. But uh, yeah, it's one of their bases basically. So so a lot of the um, a lot of the second part of the I'm just going to call it the second part of the story. I know there was a part three, but this, the, this, the bit we're discussing today um, takes place around the kind of project to, to make uh, the production, essentially, of new space marines for the Raven Guard so they can kind of get back to strength. Um, so, so I, I can't, I don't know where this fits in, but I've got a note that's quite funny and I want to, I want to share it. There. There, there I wonder if it's the same thing that I have, because I've got a bit uh, that I, I can't, I don't think it has any real bearing on the story, but I, I, I wanted to talk about it just for, as an example of a type of writing that I see more and more and that I hate. Go, You go ahead first. Though. I'll just get this one quickly out of the way. My note simply says, all local councils should call their main buildings primary administration cores. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an edict from the top. <laughs> well, just uh, yeah, there was like just some building, some sort of municipal building called the primary administration core. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's funny. Um, anyway, sorry. All the all the heretics. That's that's what the heretics are mostly fighting against. <laughs> it's that level of bureaucratic, you know, <laughs> pernickediness. Um, you know, the thing I wanted to talk about was that there was like a bit of a, a flashback to uh, the Raven Guard on Deliverance and Korax sort of grabs all the remembrances together. This was his, this was the big reveal of the heresy. Um, and they don't know what they're, what what's happened. And he says, right, you're all going to Terra now you can you're, you're stopping your remembrancing uh the remembrances have been done away with and all of your work I'm taking that you can't take it away because I am going to sort of peruse it for uh knowledge of uh, heretical stuff and how far the heresy is spread and all that and in describing that he says you can't take any notes not even a doodled cartoon <laughs> I thought Primark said doodled cartoon <laughs> and then and then he was taken to a prisoner uh, a word bearer prisoner who was uh, on the planet at that time called Ayato Kora and he's a word bearer chaplain and normally these people are uh, you know they're the Erebuses they're the real hardcore crazy chaos worshippers and uh, Korax just like calls him a traitor and calls him worthless scum which is quite good and um the the chaplain is like no no i'm just here to make sure that you comply with the order of nikea and in the end uh, korax like shakes him and kills him by breaking his neck and uh they go well the rest of the raven guard with him say oh he may have been innocent and the primarch goes no now that i know about the the warp i can smell it on him and he walks away and they go, smell it? And one of them says, huh, must be a Primark thing. <laughs> a, a Primark thing. And that's just uh, an example of like writing that is so in the now, so settled, like uses such contemporary types of phrases that it immediately dates it. Yeah. Uh, especially in a world where 
it's sort of in the past and in the future that when you use like types of language like like that it just sounds completely completely wrong yeah and you, you often get it in like i don't know works of something like joss whedon or something like that um it's so quippy and so sort of uh you know modern and uh, not even modern because it's, it's kind of old hat now but it's so of its time that when you put it in the mouths of like norse gods or something like that it just sounds ridiculous um so yeah that's what yeah. we're dealing with here yeah um, i guess the difference with joss whedon is he's like he's usually trying to write things sort of in that way you know whereas it kind of sticks out in like that kind of like like you say a normal phrase from the real world like where people were watching friends and stuff of the time yeah put in the mouths of like these like usually very pompous uh you know <laughs> uh space marines um yeah um a lot of this part of the book is taken up with i'm not going to worry too much about the exact order of things but there's um is it with this project with the gene but, but you do know the order of them <laughs> i really don't I, I really, I really, I really don't. um but um so there's this various people are working on this including orlean orlandrias the guy that you mentioned the the um mechanicum did yeah. um there's also the lost member of motley crew vincent six who is uh, <laughs> <laughs> i would say i he he is one of my favorite space marines uh, <laughs> that i've met uh, and i called him i i called him vicente six which is a slight <laughs> Yeah, I think that might be right. I think you're right about <laughs> yeah. And I, he is a fucking idiot. He is like the, the was it the first time that we see him? I think like one of the um, Alpharius plants uh, is like near to being found out because he doesn't know his way around the lab. And uh, they're all like the rest of them are looking at him just going, don't you know where to go? And Vicente Six just comes up and goes, oh, me too. I often forget my way around. Anyway, yeah. come with me, my friend. That's that's like <laughs> that's another example of what you're talking about, like what you were just talking about with that sort of slightly weird turn of phrase coming from the mouth of a space screen. I thought that was that was another one that was like, oh, mate, tell me about it. Fucking, I haven't been here for ages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, it just it seemed weird. Um, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a, a deadly warrior, but I, often I forget where I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's it very funny but he he comes up again and like he's actually quite a just a good-natured fool and i was like oh mate you're dead you know we, you you know when some space marines are going to die and and this guy yeah he's not long for this world so so they're basically right working on all this gene tech stuff and they we get introduced to a, a boy who's age 10 who's like one of the um, he's in the, you know, he's a recruit of the Space Marines. But um, the, the program they're trying to do with this Primark gene tech is they're trying to create new members of the Raven Guard at a highly accelerated rate. So it's like basically they can take um, someone like this boy, age 10, and within a matter of like weeks, they will be like fully grown into a Space Marine um, and basically yeah. ready to go and fight. And uh, there was actually a bit in this that I thought just conceptualized the Space Marines in, in a way that was a bit more interesting than 
then they kind of often um, they're they're seen in the in these books. And it's when uh, Korax is talking to other people about like the risk way, like what they should be doing, how to proceed, and how they should go about this. And basically, he says. A legionary may be a neo-human, but he was once human. A legionary is the incarnation of the emperor's plan, a perfect symbol and example for mankind to aspire to, not simply a tool of war. I kind of thought, like, yeah, that's actually quite interesting because um, in a sort of justification for the space marines that goes beyond, like, just their their use as a, a weapon, you know, like, the, this is like a kind of ideological thing, part of their, their kind of, you know, um, ideological program to have. This is what they're aspiring to. You know, like that mankind yeah. through like science can actually physically turn themselves into something new, and that and that they do come from humans. You know, that they do obviously start off as humans and and get um, gene teched up into being space marines. And uh, I just thought that was a bit more of an interesting because normally they're sort of quite treated as like they're quite separate. You know, and they're just sort of off doing the yeah. work. They kind of whinge about that, you know. That's like what Horus and stuff moan about. But but also the they sort of almost in the same breath, the Korax realizes that um, he's saying all this stuff while inspecting these new space marines as like scientific projects. Yeah, like he's he's sort of talking about them, and everyone's like saying, um, "This will be the future of uh, the Legion. They will be." Uh, magnificent warriors, all while inspecting these th- these like things like they are pieces of weaponry rather than brothers or you know uh, humans. Yeah, so so they um, they are proven to be this goes pretty well overall. This research, yeah. In the start, they create like nine warriors, and one of them dies. Then like uh, in, some imperial fists arrive with like new armor. They're they're sort of creating this new branch of the um of the the legion called the raptors yeah um that's what these new uh these new space marines go into and they 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 start talking about how are we going to blood them how are we going to see how they are in battle are they as good as all that and so they have they have a few plans um there is uh, a place called the perfect fortress which is a terrific name <laughs> Uh, created by the um, uh, Emperor's Children on a place called Narciss, which is another terrific name. <laughs> uh, but they decide first off uh, to go to uh, Cruciax, another fantastic name, place uh, of the word bearers, uh, to be the test of the first 500 raptors. Yeah, um, so so this is like, it's like a word bearer kind of outpost, isn't it? That they're... Mm-hmm. They think, well, this will be a strategically useful place to hit, and and like more achievable. Right, just before we move on to that, I wanted to just highlight um, something about. So you said this uh, Imperial Fist guy shows up, and this is the same dude that had um, when the Raven Guard had come to Terra. This is the the guy that had come out to inspect their ship and stuff. So there was a bit of like tension between him and Bran. And I actually thought, right, because we often highlight some very bad or clunky, at least, dialogue in these books. And I actually thought this was a really good exchange of dialogue um, from like, between these two, because it's like they kind of, they kind of like, they don't like each other. It's, really, it's petty as fuck. 
Yeah, like, like, but I thought it was actually like they they sort of they're petty, but then actually they come out of it like you know kind of like each other a little bit. Um, sort yeah. of like you know they start off they've got this tension, but uh, whenever the imperial fists arrived. Bran was like, no, you, you didn't announce yourself correctly, so therefore I am going to, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to put you uh, back of the list or something for approaching the planet. Uh, you have to do things right. And then Corax finds out and goes, what's the problem here? And the Imperial Fist just goes, listen, I didn't want to like make a big song and dance to this because I've got a big fucking shit ton of new armor here. And... <laughs> I was just trying to keep it a bit secret, but like this asshole is is, uh, is just like putting me to the back of the queue. And Corax goes, "Oh no! If you didn't if you didn't uh, follow the correct procedure, then you have to go to the end of the queue. Anyways, come come see me whenever you get to the front of the queue, and uh, like just ends the conversation. And Bran is smug as you like, and Corax just goes, "Don't." Take that look off the face, you twat! I had to like I, I had to support you because you're one of my top commanders, but you made me look like a fucking dick. <laughs> it was really funny. And the armor that they brought, I should point out, like is like this is a, well. If you look at sort of early, quite early Warhammer Forty Thousand art, you'll see like pictures of space marines with pointy sort of snouts on their helmet, and. Um, that's this armor, apparently, um, who described it. And they name it like the Corvus armor after like Corvus Corax, because they had been one of the first to like trial and stuff, and then they go and bring them out of this new stuff, which they then, like you say, use to they give that to the the Raptors, the new um the new space marines they've created with the, the, the new gene tech. So so that operation on Chrysiax goes well. They, they, they meet a few people that have got sort of demonic mutations. <laughs> one, of the oh, guys, yeah. one of the guys is like, just don't think about that, really. <laughs> one of them says to one of his like other Marines in the squad, he's like, yeah, I, I can see it as well, but let's not think about that. They, they, that goes really well. So like the, the general, so they do have a few more casualties. Like, so Brand's leading that, which he's happy about because he wasn't there on um, Ithan, and he's like, Prove myself to my, you know, to the Legion, and he um, all goes well. He's not happy. There's a few more casualties than he would like, uh, but so there's generally generally this idea that the, the Raptors are highly effective, but they're a bit like hot headed and kind of. Uh, so then they're 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 planning to move ahead. Sorry, it's a, it's at this point that like Alpharius has to sort of make a move because the, the he sees that this. Um, this plan for the restocking of the Raven Guard is going ahead, and he has to take steps. Yeah, and there's Omegon is still cutting about stirring up a, a revolt on Kiavar, but he's also in communication with the plants within the the Face Off guys within the um, within the, the um, Raven Guard that are actually Alpha Legion. People. And so there's, we're, we're, the story of them is represented to this one guy. Um, and they so they get the information about this gene tech and they're like, right, we better, like you say, make a move here because like, it's working out really well for the Raven Guard. They're getting new troops, highly effective troops, really fast. And it's basically... <laughs> it was such a, <laughs> such a sort of deus ex machina. Um, like, a, a bad Mechanicum guy... Wonders, wonders up to, oh my god! He's like, here, mate, stick this in the gene tech. It'll fuck them. It'll fuck it up. 
you know, like it'll make them yeah. demons. Um, and he's what like, was the, what was that thing? He's like, yeah, I might, like, he sounds a virus. And it's like, well, it's not actually a virus. The virus is just carrying the actual thing. And the actual thing is demon blood. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I said, he says, he says like, it's not really blood per se, but he's like, just call it demon blood. It's easier than me explaining to you what, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 elf, the guy that's called Alpharius, but he, he's just an alpha legion guy in the Raven Guard who's, you know, infiltrated them. He gets into the gene labs and puts this in. It's like, it's, I don't, I, I can't really remember how they described it. Essentially, he adds this thing to it that, like, messes it up. Yeah. Well, it's, it's revealed in that they use that unknowingly and it creates hideous mutant monsters of space marines, but loyal. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, so you... So this was a very like sort of X Men vibes to this, where you had like these guys that are still on the yeah you know they haven't turned to chaos, but they do now have things like tails and um, <laughs> claws protruding from their hands and things like that. Um, and uh, so so then an attack kind of yeah. There's the whole thing with Agapito and Brand. I don't think we really need to go into, it, but. Um, like Bran sort of gets suspicious of his brother Agapito because um, he's sending some shady messages out, but um, turns out he's just trying to track down. I think he was yeah. just trying to track down who the to the yeah, sort of I, Agapito was like really doing some um, fairly kind of weird stuff, and it was leading to sort of all eyes being on him. Um, but it turns out he he was aware that there was some. Uh, traitorous business going on within the Legion and he was actually just trying to root that out and he uh, towards the end he confronts the escaping Alpha Legion um, but that that sort of happens now really in that Omegon's rebellion he, he sort of unleashes it and all the tech guilds are all you know fighting for their own independence again and that is sort of the the cover for the alpha legionnaires to steal the the gene tech and they sort of do and that that's when our boy vicente six uh, <laughs> dies but before he dies he is a hero and manages to release all the mutants uh, and they have a good scrap yeah so they they fight very effectively and um so basically like this whole there's like a big imperator class titan kind of about for the the bad guys here and and so there's a big massive scrap going on um and it all gets wrapped up pretty quick in the favor of the really really quick <laughs> the, the raven guard um and then uh and Korok's just like right we're not doing our gene tech stuff anymore but uh we do owe something to you know the you know the the raptors they've created it's like you know they are still raven guard and they fought bravely and stuff so you know, we can't just kill them, basically. Um, which is, you know, that seems to be one thought that's going around. But he's, he's like, <laughs> yeah. um, he's like, no, we can't do that. And and they're, you know, they're talking about they may be able to sort of reverse the genetic changes that have happened to them. And and then it's and that's and then the, <laughs> the sort of postscript to this whole story is that then they they do go on the. The, they do go to the perfect fortress and they all oh yeah someone, someone one of the tech marine comes comes to Korax and presents him with his he thought he'd lost his jetpack wings 
but they hadn't, and they've been all like retooled and done up by the Tech Marine guy. And so he's got them back, and then he sort of sort of ends with a scene which reminds me of something like I don't know something like the end of Starship Troopers, um, or maybe I'm trying to think of other films where it's like it's sort of after the story really, but it's just this. Um, you know, like the end of Starship Troopers is like shows them all like a sort of montage of them all like marching over the galaxy and stuff, and like being you know it's like yeah. done as like an advert saying you know you can um, somewhere they'll be out there you know fighting for humanity or whatever. And this was kind of like this is sort of after the story, but it's showing the Raven Guard acting in like perfect concert to take out the the perfect fortress, you know, and, and like Corax is jumping around and. Um, you know, it's just all their battle yeah. plans is working very well, and they they do that, and then it's like, and then he's got a sort of speech at the end where he's like, you know, we're yeah, we've taken this, but we're not going to stay here. We're just going to keep on running and hitting, and you know, um, doing what we what we do, and and pissing off Horus and, and sort of showing him that you know, um, he's got a, a fight in his hands kind of thing, um, and and then. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I, I, I like the fact that this book, this book had a good vibe of like we only had a few bits where it like went to Horace's kind of throne room but it was I had a good vibe of like you know like a cartoon like you know Masters of the Universe or something you know where you just like you have a scene in like the bad guy's lair you know and he's like sends yeah. out, it sends out <laughs> his minions um, and there was like a scene at the end where like Horace is having an exchange with Alpharius about I can't remember exactly, but Alpharius is basically like, and it ends up with <laughs> Alpharius then has a chat with the orb alien from the cabal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> says says ultimately, mate, like you're a wee orb that I can pick up and throw into space. So that that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was really, really it was good really funny um and what we didn't say was that um the alpha legionnaires the 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 spies were escaping with the gene tech agapito sort of uh confronts them and they kill each other to avoid uh capture but this massive gene tech this like hugely important omegon just slips in pockets it takes it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just puts in his wee pocket and just goes like you. You kind of imagine him sort of looking over both shoulders, putting his hands in his pockets, whistling, and just walking away. <laughs> you know, just like no, no, I'm just a normal person over here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, did you see all that that kerfuffle over there? It's like some Alpha Legion people. Madness. Better go and have a look. I'm going in the opposite direction. You know, and and that's it. And you know who who cares? Didn't work. the 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 emperor's gene tech didn't work. Um, Korax has given his his word to sacrifice his life and the life of his legion in order to keep it safe. Mm, you know, never heard of again. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's basically the end of the story. Um, and this so- one, the, the I think. I actually, I don't know what you thought of the first one, the first part. I quite liked the first part. It was a bit sort of a bit all, all over the place. This second part just seemed really strange. Like the battles at the end, I was like, uh, it just felt like they were unnecessary. Um, and there were different parts of the book that I thought, okay, is there an ending coming up here? And there was just like another ending later on. 
and it just felt so it felt like it was like either a mashup of other stories just thrown together to make it longer or god i don't know but it just i did i didn't like the second part at all like i sort of a lot of what you said i don't think i really disagree with it in that it was like it felt a bit messy kind of structure wise and and it was just like i said to you before just as if the author just kept on sort of chasing new shiny objects and leaving old ones behind i'm like so we had that like whole thing about an imperial guard guy remember like he was like a character oh fuck yeah and then he comes back in at the end but it's like he was depicted in some considerable detail the relationship between him and his like servant and and there's just it just has nothing to do with anything, really. I mean, it sort of has something to do with the 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 the, the story before this. It was in that short story we mentioned, but it really has nothing to do with the story in here. And I just thought that was strange. And it was like it was just a bit that was sort of semi-abandoned, you know. Um, and um, so that is, it was definitely it had that feel about it. That being said, I, I really quite enjoyed this one. There was just some like good like. I don't know, just like fun stuff. Um, the Raven Guard were were, were quite um, quite I quite like this idea of this legion out there that's sort of like massively reducing numbers, but it's like going to be doing these sort of guerrilla attacks and um, the whole. It was just like it was a weird thing. It was like this hugely. I mean, the one thing I liked about this is it, it really felt or for most of it, it felt like the narrative was really being advanced. You know, like. Um, mm. Korax had this, you know, really significant thing in this gene tech. I suppose it has been. I mean, because in a way, it's sort of we're back to square one at the end of it because they haven't been able to build a massive new legion, um, so they're still kind of massively reducing size and they're still going to conduct this guerrilla warfare. But then I suppose this tech's now in the hand of Horus, but it's like, oh no, be right. It's sort of stipulated that this is not really going to work um, mm. in the way they want it to. So yeah, it is a little bit like it's a bit of like. The whole story has the has the vibe of this really significant thing is happening throughout most of it because of this gene tech thing. But then, um, it's, the, it's completely undercut. Yeah, at the end, it's like okay, no, that's fine. This is just a wee side story. Don't you know nothing? Yeah, is. yeah. It's just that. Oh, and it didn't work. You know, <laughs> it's just oh god. After all of that, I felt a bit disappointed. Yeah, I mean, but, but anyway, oh, the, overall, I enjoyed it quite a lot. But yeah, cool. So the next one we'll be looking at is No No Fear, The Battle of Kalth. Uh, so that'll be a uh, ultramarine story with uh, Gilliman. Uh, have we have we had a story centered on them before? I've been in a few other ones. I don't think I've, we've had one as them I, as the center. There was, I'm, I'm sort of vaguely thinking of one on a spaceship. Um, but no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> a spaceship. No, wait. One that one that was like mainly about a space, like set on a spaceship a lot. I know there's a lot of spaceships in like all of these probably. But like, um, one that was anyway. Right, forget it. I, I think yeah. I, I, I don't think there's one. There's been one that's like purely about the ultramarines as a whole legion. Anyway, I don't think there's. Yeah, there's definitely been that short story we had where they were like, <laughs> like they were like using. Remember, there's like some sort of. Textbook on perfect military oh, yeah, formation, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've 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 done that. So um, we've had like a full book on them as such. So yeah, well, the Battle of Calth is a big sort of monumental thing. So I, I'm expecting that there will be uh, some good demons and some good slayage. 
So I look forward to that. Um, cool. Well, so one last time, plug your shit. Okay, yeah. Um, if you would like to check out my Kickstarter, it's not just my Kickstarter, but I'm doing Kickstarter with other people, um, then uh, check out a... What the fuck's in there? Strange Sickness. Strange Sickness, it's called, on Kickstarter. <laughs> or you can or you can look up uh, on Twitter, uh, at Medieval Aberdeen. Uh, well, Medieval with an IE and ABDN. Um, check out that. Uh, if you want to get all the info on that, um, really appreciate if any of you can um, chip in on that. And um, yeah, well, you know, yeah. Neil, Neil's going to be pushing for some for some Polaris Heretics Easter eggs. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, yeah, it would be really great if if uh, any of you guys could come in and throw in a few quid uh, and you know push this thing uh, over the edge because it's doing pretty well. Uh, when's the end date, Will? It's um, midway through December or something like that? Uh, I believe it's, well, in, in UK time, it's 17th of December, uh, like at midnight, basically. So, um, Cool. Yep. So if folk could, could go in, if you wanted to, you can leave comments. Uh, will will respond to all <laughs> uh, Horus Heretics comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, do you like all the extra, the extra pledge tiers that I'm creating for you, Will? <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Stretch goal. Um, <laughs> mutations will occur in the narrative if we hit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Anyway, cool. Well, um, yeah, please do give money to that. You'll get a game. Uh, it's got some really great people working on it. The art already looks fantastic, so uh, it should definitely be worth it. Cool. Uh, so. Okay, until uh, two weeks' time. Will, thanks a lot. Yep, thanks. See you later. Bye.